0: Welcome to the E-Success Methods Podcast with Jacob and Aaron, your weekly dose of tips and tricks to achieve excellent performance in your business and your career. Join us as we explore deeper into the practical worlds of Lean, Six Sigma, Project Management, and Design Thinking. In this episode number 145, we interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this Halloween special about those project management vampires, Projects of the Night, Taking to Flight. If you like this episode, be sure to click the like link in the show notes. It's easy, just tap our logo, click, and you're done. Tap, click, done. Here we go. I'm going to give you the choice I never had. Welcome to Bright Night. (laughs) Hey, Jacob, how are you? I'm good, Adam. How are you doing? Jacob, I am doing great. Jacob, we're going to do our, well, I guess it's our second official Halloween episode, but it's really our third Halloween doing this stuff. You believe that? You'll never grow old, Michael. I know, it's been a long time. you'll never die. Do you recall the one we did on Zombie Projects a couple of years back? Yeah, I do. Yeah, so I re- remastered that with a bunch of zombie sound effects last year and actually just re-released, or I'm going to re-release it, just so that people can take a look at it again or listen to it again, but... This year we're gonna we're gonna change it up a little bit. We're gonna talk about She's vampire. the infamous vampire. Nosferatu. Whoa. We're, yeah, we're gonna level up. Where we're it's not just about the projects anymore. It's about the things that take away from a project. And I found this blog the other day. Uh, it was written back in 2014, but it is the project management vampire and how to protect your team. Okay then. I don't know if there's anybody who's probably unfamiliar with a vampire, but. You know, when I think of a vampire, when I say vampire, what kind of comes to your mind?
1: Oh, a wonder in the darkness. Well, for me, it's, uh, you know, I, I equate vampire with Dracula, or somebody yep. who sucks the life out of everything, or sucks the blood out of everything. <laughs> uh, you know, with that sharp teeth and
0: angry looking face and just
1: wants to do a kill.
0: Right. But, uh, and so some of these commonalities that get pointed out in this blog are vampires can fly, they avoid daylight. They suck unsuspecting humans you know, dry blood, and, funny, and energy. They create more vampires. So in, in, this, in this particular blog, the author goes even further to say, hey, project managers need to also be on the lookout for vampires because they can quickly derail the progress with different tactics that can hurt your team, or he actually says steal the life out of your team and scare them into inactivity. So he actually goes through some tips and how to how to recognize whether you've got a vampire impacting your project and what you can do as a project manager to to recognize these symptoms of a project that's under attack. So, so
1: is is this particular blog author saying that the vampire is more of a team member or more of a stakeholder? What what or it could be either or?
0: Yeah, it could be. It sounds like it could be either or, but uh, well, definitely a stakeholder. And and not necessarily a person, but maybe just a situation that may be going on outside of a project that uh, could be danger signs. Okay. The strength of the vampire is that people will not believe in him. Like, uh, and he he equates it to you know you ever heard of an energy vampire? No. Energy vampire is what they call these all the modern appliances now. Yep. Right. You, you, or you, even your television set Even when it's off It's still pulling energy It's still pulling electricity If you're within your house Yes, because it's a smart TV, Aaron It well, needs to do yes. things in the background uh, so, Yes, that's right huh. It needs to be It needs to continually receive a signal That way your cable provider Can can update it With the latest and greatest ads Specifically tar- get targeted toward you Yep <laughs> So, uh, but, but also the, these, uh, even these chargers that when they're not, when they don't have a phone plugged into them, they're also pulling a charge. So they're also considered energy vampires at this point. Mm -hmm. So anyway, pulling energy out of a project is there's this, uh, analogy to the energy vampire or any, even a regular vampire in that case. So let's start with what really goes on here. So project resources are bled dry. What does that even mean? (sighs) Well, let's think about that. When, when resources and employees aren't used efficiently, right? Mm-hmm. Budget overruns, you're, you have, uh, maybe you have a bunch of non-value-added work going on and maybe you've got a little bit of chaos, but you end up essentially just exhausting your team. Maybe you've had them crash for too long and they're working around the clock and at some point they're just exhausted. Okay. Or you may have outside influences pulling your resources from you. And uh, I think this is probably more common of a thing to have happen. Yeah, I mean, there's always
1: some other priority that takes over or something is going on, and that happens a lot.
0: I say that happens everywhere, especially if uh, when actually some of these other symptoms down below, especially if your organization is constantly changing what it calls a priority. Yes. on On a side note, I just learned, and I don't remember where I was where I learned this, but apparently priority the word priority mm-hmm. was always meant to be a singular noun meaning priorities didn't exist interesting priority was only ever supposed to mean one thing and not a not a ranked list of things it was only supposed to mean one thing and just some somehow in our modern era we've changed the definition to be a list of the top things. And, and uh, so that's kind of interesting uh, because that's, is kind of the thing that plagues us is because we're always working on multiple priorities instead of the priority in a lot of our organizations.
1: One thing about living in Santa Carla, I never got to something. All the damn vampires.
0: Got it. Anyway. So another one of these things that they says taking flight, and this is kind of interesting, taking flight vampire style. And I don't you ever been on a project where it's almost scary how fast it gets off the ground? Scary on how fast it starts? No, it's never scary.
1: Well that's a good thing, right? You're seeing the momentum and you're seeing how aggressively people want to tackle it. I see that as a positive.
0: Mm-hmm. You can. Um and sometimes I've seen that as as scary because often when I find that when it's taking off really fast and everybody's in consensus awfully fast that uh we maybe we may not have done enough analysis, and we could be just going down that same old path of the whatever whatever the current bias is in the organization, especially when it comes to uh, something we're supposed to be doing a little bit more innovative or a deep rooted problem that we do not know how to fix. But everybody's on board and just willing to get on board to a ship that's going anywhere because anywhere is better than here. But we actually Mm -hmm. haven't charted the direction of that ship yet. But it's like, just start rowing. Just start rowing. You'll get somewhere. (laughs) We'll get somewhere. So this is talking about projects that take flight when you actually haven't done a good job of a definition or really just a, a strategic vision for that. And you may find that. I find that in a lot of projects. People are just eager to get going, but they don't really care where they're going or don't know where they're going. Yeah, I mean, I can go both ways on that. But yes, okay, it makes sense. So, what do you what do you recommend? I mean, you go both ways on that. Do you?
1: I mean, in a way, in a way, I see it as you know, there's definitely excitement or energy to go with it. So that's the reason why there is a sudden urge to jump on that, and it's more of hey, let's figure as we go, sort of an on an attitude on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, I can also see the other side of things where you're just jumping and trying to get something done to prove that you're doing something. So. Uh, you're not necessarily spending the right effort or time on it. So i like i said i can i can debate or argue from that from both sides.
0: So in say an agile uh perspective, it's nice to get going and get going somewhere so long as you recognize that you'll have to pivot soon, right? Yep, exactly. Uh but have you been in this opposite situation where it was just a lot of energy that uh with no real substance? Oh yeah, plenty of times.
1: Damn me, open the window. Never. I knew
0: it. You I am a not. So where are you? the blind nuns? Yeah. All right. And this is almost the opposite, avoiding daylight. When that project encounters difficulties, suddenly you can't get team members to to uh to to get on the phone calls or <laughs> or even worse when when things look bad, they start uh what are they what do they call that? Blame storming. Hmm. I haven't
1: I haven't heard that terminology specifically, but Uh, Not seeing the day of light, in my opinion, is I I don't think it's at least the way the the places that I've seen it is Mm -hmm. not because that the team members decided it wasn't important. It's usually a case where, you know, either a stakeholder or stakeholders have influenced them or somebody else to feel like, well, this is a lost cause or this is something that's not a priority. So don't necessarily pay attention or time into this. That's usually where I've seen that not seeing the day of light situation coming. Hmm. Okay. And, and it could be the case where it was a priority three months or six months ago, and now things have just changed. So no longer as
0: no longer the biggest issue.
1: <laughs> you know, it's one of those right. cases.
0: Right. And uh, you know, if I think back to some of the projects that, especially on a lean six sigma side, uh, this this particular bullet point says your project falters as soon as daylight is shown on potential weaknesses. Um, this could be – he's talking about weaknesses in the project, but I've had my projects falter even at the champion level when – and certainly at the process owner level when the essentially <laughs> the, the project exposes the weaknesses in the organization or what might be considered weaknesses in the current leadership of that particular process. And then it's like, whoa, 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 maybe, maybe we don't want to show this or something like that.
1: Yeah, and, and I, you know, and I think that's where I would I would say a good black belt or a good good process leader or even the project leader will will be able to I should say, should be able to navigate around that and not necessarily make it as a people issue or a person issue or a mm-hmm. independent issue. It's more of this is what the process is leading you to, and here are some of the gaps where there are no checks and balances or so there are nothing. So these systems are not in place, which is what's leading to the situations. What can we do to help prevent that? So, um, I think I think your point is very valid. There are a lot of people take it in that defensive realm and say, "Hey, mm-hmm. you've brought you brought you're, you're shining light on the wrong things, or you're shining light that's making me look incompetent, or or making something else look incompetent." That's okay. I don't want to be that f- scapegoat for everybody to say, "Well, Jacob's not doing that thing right, so he's the problem." In reality. Uh, he might not be equipped with the right tools, or he might not know what exactly to do, and that's why he's doing things the way he's doing today.
0: Yeah, it's nice to get your, especially if you're you're trying to keep your process owner on board as a key stakeholder, um, and you want you want to shine them in the best possible light. Some of it depends on what their default reaction is when they learn of bad news. Can they own it? Can they can they can they spin the story to say, "Yep." we're so glad we found this, and now we're ready to Im- and make these improvements and make this process stronger, or do they sweep it under the rug and say, "Nah, we got no problems here. Uh, as a matter of fact, we don't even need to do a project here, so you no, know, run along, little black belt. Exactly. So, uh, I mean, I've definitely, I've definitely had experience with both, and I, I think you have as well. Do you, and I think one of the tough parts is we, you never really account for it well in black belt training. You, I mean, you talk about stakeholder analysis and everything, but the skills come, I think, with having to practice the skills, which means having having to fail at it a few times before you kind of get, oh, this is what you know office politics is. this is how I need to approach and and be a little bit more subtle with these things that I'm doing.
1: Yeah, I guess so. I mean ideally, hopefully you don't have these situations. that would be the best case scenario. It's not always reality.
0: So I guess what I, I guess what I'm trying to point out is, you know, when you are you are a change agent as a as a bell, and your first time around, you may get some bumps and bruises as a result of of stakeholder issues like this, and and actually I'm quite fond of it. That's part of the learning process. So I guess I, I do know what I'm saying. Is like your first project. Don't be surprised if you get a bump and bruise uh, from. Somebody needing to avoid the daylight and trying to tuck your project back under where, where it came from. It all depends on the maturity in the organization, obviously. Yeah, sure. we got this other one. A vampire bite creates vampire children. That makes sense, right? I would hope. And uh, it also says, so do indecisive or vague customers. Sure. Trying to please a customer who moves project phases around, changes orders, and keeps altering expectations. It's likely trying to manage dozens of brand new baby vampires. Hmm. I mean, I definitely see where you know constantly changing scope and changing expectations. I don't really know where he's going with the whole new baby vampires, but yeah,
1: I didn't get that part at all.
0: I, I suppose when one project becomes two or three, this I, I call it—I guess—call it scope creep. Really, it's it's ex- uh, ever expanding scope, perhaps.
1: Yeah, but still, how is that? a baby vampire because they're adding additional scope or additional stories. It,
0: well, you, you're calling it stories, but it could be, uh, I'll call them or, work or, packages. Or, or, or requirements
1: or whatever, you know, or needs, right. whatever. however you want to call them. But, I mean, the, the reason why I say additional is probably either, you know, as a customer or as, and, and, and you know, you probably experience this when you're doing the customer experience part of things where, you know, in many cases, the customer themselves don't know what they're asking for. So it's Mm -hmm. you as a team who should be helping them understand that or define that. And maybe you didn't do a good job up front trying to understand what were their needs and what were the things. So rather than uh, me, myself, rather than blaming the customer for not articulating it well, I would want to hold myself or our team accountable for not capturing their needs well.
0: Don't ever invite a vampire into your house, you silly boy. It
1: renders you powerless. Did you know that? Of course. Everyone knows that. Uh, That might be one. Or two, in many cases, it might be the case where well, they never thought of that. We never thought of that until we saw which direction we could head. And now they see something as another potential possibility or or a money ball and they want to go after that as well. So mm. I don't necessarily see that that it is uh, creating a vampire child or just because this additional thing came into play or this is more revenue generating or this is more something else. Again, depending on what, what they're meaning by it, I guess that's where. I don't see that as... A challenge, I think that's where, again, prioritization discussions need to come into play to decide is this truly something that needs to be kept in scope or is this something that mm-hmm. needs to be kept out of scope and not worried about.
0: Yeah, so that is interesting because, I mean, in especially in agile mindset you're trying to be open and flexible to new things that come around, new opportunities, this seems to be more of a uh, protecting the waterfall schedule and uh, goals and constantly keeping your uh, expectations firm and your requirements firm in the light of your sponsor or or client.
1: Yeah, that's what it sounds like.
0: We're so past that.
1: <laughs> I'm I've just grown
0: out of that. You'll never grow, old, Michael. <laughs> oh, you'll, you'll be Never bad. die. They'll, 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 <laughs> something will come out and uh they'll 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 call it a uh, uh agile waterfall or well, they uh, they probably already have that waterfall agile or Water Gile or something. Yeah. This other one said, bend to the vampire will. I wasn't really sure what this one is, but uh, what is to say is it, this may actually be a vampire strategy good managers can mimic. <laughs> Weak leadership and the lack of clearly defined project objectives can kill project success. No one could refuse me. Not even you, Louis. i try. <laughs> yes, you tried. And the more you tried, <laughs> the more I wanted you. Um. So essentially, this is saying, hey, you know, use your vampire mind trick on stakeholders and, and whatever and, and get control. That one's pretty weak. But uh, this other one is this invisible vampire. And I think this has more to do with people that are outside of the projects and uh, just outside risks to a project. So... Again, kind of weak, not as sexy, but I kind of like this taking flight and avoiding daylight analogy here. Mm. Those are my two favorite. Okay, I mean,
1: sure, if you want to call it in the vampire mode, why not? But Well, it's Halloween. Yeah, I guess. But uh, <laughs> in general, I don't think, I mean, these do happen. I don't think these are routinely happening. If this is routinely happening, you're in the wrong company. Or you're working on the wrong project.
0: I'm surprised uh Well, I'm I'm surprised that you don't have more experience. I know you have a lot of experience with this avoiding daylight, at least in the context of which I've mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. But coffins, unfortunately, are necessary. I'm surprised you don't have experience with this taking. I mean, yes, it's part of the normal forming, storming, norming, performing. Forming, Usually yeah. you get getting together. You got a lot of energy, and that's good. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I see that part as you know. I mean, that is your project management activities that you need to be concerned about and it's about getting those commitments and making sure everybody understands you're in for the long run and not just getting something done i don't i'm not i don't know maybe i'm becoming too uh, too positive here but i don't see that as a, a real problem most of the time
0: the real problem of of, of say vampires coming going
1: out vampires coming out and taking flight just out of anywhere the world changes we do not. Therein lies the irony
0: that finally kills us. You don't see projects just kind of getting kicked off without a, a real decent charter of how they're supposed to go?
1: Uh, uh, yes, I definitely have seen plenty of that, but pretty much at some point, I'm, I'm going to say by the end of Define Phase, it's very clear on whether it needs to continue or whether it needs to get hunted down it's a vampire so, so
0: yeah. that, that, that that's a good point and 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 that's frankly the the purpose of having demaic yes but some of these some of these uh you know, some projects loosey-goosey not following any kind of uh, framework that's you know that's what the framework is for is to avoid stuff like this but it's also in many cases, I mean,
1: that's the whole idea, right? You get through the define phase and you understand, is this still critical enough or is this the biggest problem? If not, then this is not the thing that needs to get prioritized. And that's with anything, right? It's it's at some point, you know, hopefully by the end of define phase, you're doing some sort of cost benefit sort of expectations uh, and you are managing to that. And if this is really not out there with the benefits, then why would you spend time trying to solve for it? And in some cases, until you look at that data, or you have some sort of analytics done for it, or unless somebody prepped and did that for you, uh,
0: you're not going to be able to get to that. I don't know if we're reading this the same way. I mean, I'm, I'm, my brain is talking about people just kind of running out and doing the, things, doing things, searching for solutions before they really understand the problem, or you know, just tweaking the process here and there, and. But isn't that continuous improvement then? <laughs> Not if it's done blindly. I mean, and then I said farewell to sunlight and set out to become what I
1: became. Well, if it's even if it's a shotgun approach, right? It's still right. it's still an experiment that somebody has you know, even if it is a picked out of the hip and shot. The point is that was there was a hypothesis. Somebody was trying something and it failed. There was no rhyme or reason on how it was tried or when it was tried, but it was still an experiment, right? Mm-hmm.
0: So, wouldn't you consider that as an attempt for improvement? Uh, yeah, there, there is, there is time for, and this is one of the dangers with with agile. I think a lot of people consider agile to be just pure trial and error, which I don't. I don't believe it is. No. I think it's no. it's more enlightened and more uh, yes informed it's, before going it, off and doing an experiment. Yeah, it's trial after planning. <laughs> Yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> so no, but even then,
1: right? I mean, I would still say, you know, at some point you're going to reach a stage in your project where you have to do trial and error. Uh, hopefully, you have you have eliminated a good chunk of things, uh, so that you're not trial and erroring everything, and you're you're making a much more conscious trial and error des- decision. You know, which is what your DOE is, right? You're you're picking some critical factors after you've narrowed down pretty much everything else. And you're now running an experiment to see how it goes. It's a designed, planned experiment. So I see what you're saying, where it is just randomly trying anything uh, to see where it will change. That part makes sense. Right. Hopefully, you do Again, you don't have that many projects doing that.
0: Yeah, you know, I have, I have seen some of my early kaizens that I was uh, I was brought on. It's just like, all right, guys, here's the problem. Here's the process. Uh, Run with it. Go see what you can find. Yeah, <laughs> come back in eight hours and let me know what you found. Yeah, <laughs> you know. All right. So I don't know. Vampire projects. Maybe I'm. Uh, I'm not liking this as much as I did before we started talking through it. But uh, hey, you know it's Halloween. Yep. We're allowed to have. We're love to have. You know, poor episodes every now and then. Some Halloween right? scary
1: episodes that might scare you in us when we listen to it later. That's
0: right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Just uh, recognize that projects—they're you know, always at—you always have these risks in these projects—and much like a zombie project, these uh, these are impacted by outside forces. And well, zombie projects are a little bit different, zombie projects are those ones that just kind of never die and they never go anywhere, and eventually they just. Either, either they eat up your entire portfolio, or they wander off and people forget about them. Yep. Yeah. Um, but vampires are somehow impacting your project, and they're just those outside risks that you have to... Well, they're, they're outside and inside risks that you have to, to worry about. So watch out for your resources. Make sure they're not overtaxed. Make sure that people aren't getting pulled away from your project from the outside. My
1: little brother, a goddamn shit sucking vampire. Will you eat your mom finds out, buddy?
0: And make sure you are not overtaxing them on the inside. I mean, we got these project management software which show uh, resource utilization. Is there is there an equivalent in you know, more of an Agile planning or Scrum? Is there an equivalent for resource utilization monitoring? Resource utilization monitoring? Yeah. No. 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 Okay. Because it just is what it is, right? If you don't finish it in a sprint, you don't finish it.
1: Well, there's... It's not So when I say resource utilization, I look at it as, you know, this machine or this individual worked this, and that individual worked that, and this person did that, and that person did this for this much time. Uh, from that aspect, no. It, does, it actually encourages the team to hold each other accountable or responsible for the work that needs to get done. Uh, there's no, there shouldn't be necessarily somebody you know, doing a time study or a motion study to realize. So Aaron worked really four hours this week for this particular project or this particular activity it's up to you know if it's Aaron, Jacob and you know Paul working on it it is up between the three of them to recognize that we between the three of us we have so much work to get done uh and you know it, it's not fair if Aaron does 95 hours and Jacob does 5 hours and Paul does 1 hour it should be more right. balanced where the three of us are doing some 30 plus or minus so much so that we are all
0: contributing equally so they're they're they self manage on where they need to group up on a certain task Oh, um, yeah,
1: or even get things done. You know, whether it's group up or individual or however it needs to get divvied up.
0: So what I was talking about is resource loading. Say in Microsoft uh, Project, ma- Project, mm-hmm. Microsoft Project, there each task is given a person who is responsible to do it, right? And then it, it divvies up and calculates how util- how much utiliza- how much utilization each person has, and it'll give you a percentage of how much you're using your resource and um, I was just wondering if there was an equivalent, so, but you wouldn't have that because you're coming off of Kanban of where you're just kind of self-selecting, right? Yeah, I mean, you have a
1: prioritized list, and you as a team have agreed or committed to saying this is how much we will get done.
0: So based on whatever that number is, you just go from there. So that's not even an issue. So maybe, maybe to avoid the vampires, you just want to go Agile.
1: Yeah, I mean, if it's software development, it makes sense. I still have to figure a way out. How can you do? You know, I know we talked about a little bit, how can you do Agile for a Lean Six Sigma project? Uh, Right. Ideally, you can do that if you have a dedicated team. In that case, it becomes, in my opinion, a a Kaizen event. (laughs) And you're spending, you know, the appropriate resources in a room together to get that thing done.
0: Mm Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but we talked about that in one of our episodes earlier. That's how I would consider that.
0: Well, I'm prepared to end it here unless you got anything uh, else uh, intelligent to add. <laughs> no, I would. You know, this this definitely sucked the life out of me. This vampire. <laughs> right. Happy
1: Halloween, everyone! You, everyone, have enjoy your Halloween. Hope you're all dressing up and having some fun times. Um, if you have pictures, please feel free to share with us. We'd be more than happy to post it on the website. Um, but Excellent. Thanks for the time. All right. Thanks, Jacob. Bye, Aaron. Here comes the shocking and frightening history of the wild berserker Prince Dracula.
0: Thanks for listening to episode 145 of the eSuccess Methods podcast. Stay tuned for part two of Completely Intentional Mistake Proofing in episode 146. Don't forget to click like or dislike for this episode in the show notes. Tap click done. If you have a question, comment, or advice, leave a note in the comments section or contact us directly. Feel free to email me, Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at esuccess-methods.com, or on our website. We reply to all messages. If you heard something you like, then clamor and share it. Don't forget, you can buy notes and graphics for all shows and more at www.e6s- methodscom Journey through success. If you're not climbing up, then maybe you are a child of the night.